Michelle Constant on SAFM. You are with the Jet Set Breakfast, how's it? And thanks for joining us if you have here on the second day of January 2021. Plenty happened already in the new year. One of them is the fact that South Africa is now participating in the start of trade under the African Continental Free Trade Area. We'll be finding out more about what exactly happens here with our guest. And in addition to what the Free Trade Area offers, it looks at new economic partnerships with the, the SADC region, six Southern African countries and the UK. What does that mean and how will it work? On the line with us is Minister Ibrahim Patel from the Department of Trade, Industry and Competition, the DTIC. Minister, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good morning, Michelle. And may I start with wishing you and all of your listeners and of course all of their families a happy new year and best wishes uh, for 2021. Thank you. We appreciate that. We wish the same for you as well and your family. It certainly Thank is you. an interesting time to be looking at uh, what the new year could be. I do have to ask you, Minister, are you the kind of uh, person who takes on resolutions, New Year's resolutions? Uh, this year the resolution is not to take on any new resolution. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think most of us are feeling like let's not expand our horizons too far, given that we just simply don't have too much of a knowledge of what's going to happen this year. Minister- Michelle, can you remember January 2020 and uh, how we viewed the world and how dramatically it's changed uh, since then? Yeah, I mean, I was like thinking like when 2020 came out, we went 2020, the year of plenty. And we were like had all these like catchphrases. And now suddenly it's like mm, not so sure that that held course. So as you so rightfully say, perhaps not the time for resolutions after all. Minister, the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement. For those of our listeners who are unsure as to what it offers, what does it mean for us here in South Africa? But what does it mean for the entire continent? Well, um, Michelle, uh, of course, trade between countries um, represent a critical way in which wealth is created. When we sell cars or uh, electrical products or uh, anything for that matter, agricultural products, to other countries, it creates jobs here, it grows our GDP. Uh, and um, uh, South Africa is a significant exporter. About 25% of our annual wealth that is created is generated through exports, things we make here or grow here and sell to the rest of the world. Yeah. Now, the challenge with uh, exports always is that trade is regulated mainly by taxes or tariffs that countries put on the imported goods and various rules that they have in place. And when we enter into trade agreements with other countries, it's really about simplifying these, reducing the tariffs, and making it easier to buy and sell from each other. Uh, Now, the African continent is, is really the big story for South Africa. It's a big story not just in 2021, but over the next decade or two. Because uh, unlike the rest of the world, uh, African countries have not historically traded with each other. They've all been uh, mainly producers of raw materials. And one raw material producer don't sell to another. They sell to countries that manufacture. So what the story is for us is we entered into a continental free trade area um, uh, on the 1st of January. Yeah. 
that says uh, all the participating African countries will, over a period of time, reduce their tariffs on about 90% of all the products that they trade to zero level. And that would then foster greater levels of trade between ourselves and be a big spur for industrialization and fresh investment. So it's quite a significant one. Absolutely. And, um, and we, we hope that over a number of years, more and more of our trade will be on the continent and more of the jobs that we find in South African factories and farms will be as a result of that trade. Yeah. You know, Minister, you talk about this uh, free trade area. I mean, in many ways, it's uh, similar to, I suppose, uh, the European Union and their processes and policies. And yet we've just seen the UK pull out of that process. In order to have a free trade uh, space or a free trade agreement, do you need every single country on the continent to support it? No, legally we don't. But of course, the more countries that are part of a continental free trade area, the greater the value of it, uh, the stronger Africa's punching power globally is. Um, But you can start off uh, very interesting about the European Union. When it started just after the Second World War, uh, Europe took the, the, the view that, look, You know, we've had two major world wars, millions and millions of young people and others died. And to avoid that, we're going to uh, seek to integrate our economies. And it was led by France and Germany. Yes, that's correct. They they concluded a a coal and steel agreement. Uh, And and slowly it expanded. Today it's about, um, uh, what, about uh, 27 or so countries. Uh, that that constitute the European Union. And so these things take time to put in place, and it's a growing number of countries that come in. Even when the UK withdrew now from um, uh, the European Union, they were still particularly keen to maintain a free trade arrangement, and that's what all of the The drama around the negotiation was. So on the African continent, we've got 55 countries on the continent. Yeah. Um, that are members of the African Union, 54 of them have agreed to, uh, have signed on sure. to say, we like this idea. And just over... Who, do, who, 30... do, who didn't like it? <laughs> <laughs> There's one country, Eritrea, that have not yet uh, signed on. Okay. Um, but 30 countries, or more than 30 countries, have now ratified it. They've taken it mm-hmm. to their local parliaments or cabinets, We've given it the legal um, uh, authority or the stamp of approval. And the last step that was uh, required is for countries to submit offers to say, out of the 81% of products that we've all agreed will be part of this free trade. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, that number will go up in time. Uh, we offer the following products from our country. So South Africa has been doing that hard work in the last few weeks. Yeah. And we, we've just concluded the administrative procedures in time for the start of trade on the 1st of January. So, Minister, you know, we on this particular show, we, we focus on a couple of things. The one is on environment and the other one is on small to medium uh, enterprise. Hmm. What kind of opportunities would this um, offer, for example, uh, small to medium uh, enterprises in our country as they look towards the rest of the continent? One of the big opportunities 
if we want to build uh, uh, an even more resilient and stronger economies to bring more uh, small and medium enterprise uh, operations in manufacturing and farming. Mm. Uh, if you look, uh, you mentioned uh, the European Union earlier. Germany, which is uh, an industrial giant, the industrial structure has um, an enormous number of small and medium companies yeah. that are big exporters of niche products across uh, across Europe. Yeah. And and our vision is for this free trade agreement to provide that spur, that opportunity for small and medium enterprises. Absolutely. So if you take as an example, um, in agriculture, yeah. we've got um, a large number of small-scale farmers producing uh, sugar in KwaZulu-Natal yes, yeah. and Mpumalanga. Now, this free trade agreement as the opportunity of lowering the tariffs for them so that they have wider markets. They're not limited to selling the sugar only to South African retailers or food producers. They have now a wider ambit. Now, of course, the challenge that um, SMMEs face is they don't have the large business bureaucracies that can sort out everything for them. So you need a free trade area, but you also need an active support and partnership by government departments to hold hands and to, to give people the, uh, the technical know-how to create portals and online platforms uh, to provide information and to bring small businesses together on these uh, little um, uh, export promotion uh, initiatives. Yeah. Of course, during COVID, we're not sending people uh, to neighboring countries uh, physically. We're doing more of it online, yeah. but um, as the vaccine kicks in during 2021, um, God willing, we, we and, and the society returns more to normal, we will be sending more of um, the small and medium businesses, and of course businesses owned by young people, uh, to find these opportunities elsewhere yeah. on the continent. I'm thinking of that brilliant, we've been talking about them this morning, that uh, sneaker brand, Batu, who are doing such great work. We do have a question from one of our listeners saying, does this alleviate the reliance on China? We sell them our raw materials and then we buy back a manufactured product. And I suppose I would extend that question and I would say, does it offer opportunity on a global level if we have this kind of trade agreement on the continent? So let let me start by saying uh, that the, the big value for us of the continental free trade area yeah. is we need to change the profile, the balance of our trade. Um, think about it this way. The African continent has 17% of the world's people, yeah. uh, and yet we only as a continent account for 3% of global GDP. Yeah. Uh, so we're under, um, underperforming against where we should be. And a big part of that is the structure of our economies, that we are producers of raw materials, and that's not where significant value is added. It's what people do with raw materials. It's the innovation, the skill, uh, the know-how that they apply to it that is um, the big generator of jobs and wealth. And the continental free trade area gives us the size of a market so if we think of anything, pens or spectacles or anything, what, what would make an investor put money into a factory that produces uh, somewhere on the continent? The it will be the size of the market. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you know, if you think of China, you've got 1.6 billion people immediately there, plus all of 
what it sells to the rest of the world. So with this free trade agreement, and and it will take us a bit of time to get all of it resolved, but we would have about 1.2 billion consumers in one single agreement. That gives you scale. That gives you the kind of magnet that draws investment across the world. Uh, I spoke to American businesses um, uh, in, in November last year and uh, uh, said to them, we need more industrialization on the continent, fresh investment here. For them, the most important story by far was the continental free trade area because they saw the volume that could be moved there. So, so that's on the one hand that this will give us an opportunity for more diversified um, uh, economic structures and we break the pattern whether it is with Europe, the United States, China, India, doesn't matter. Uh, a pattern that simply gives us uh, the job to be the providers of raw material will keep us at the bottom rung of value addition and therefore of wealth creation. Yeah. On the other hand, what the continental free trade area can do, it can give Africa the punching power for entering into better trade agreements with the rest of the world. Yeah. When South Africa does it, we 60 million people. When Our, the continent uh, does it, yeah. We 1.2 billion people. Yeah, it's, a, it's chalk it's, and cheese. Yeah, exactly. And that allows us, when we engage with China or um, uh, the European Union, to say these are the terms that we need. We need more inward investment on the continent. We need more of our manufactured products to be sold in your markets. And when we sell agriculture, we need you to be less protectionist and put fewer restrictions on our agricultural products. And so I do think this can be the, the game changer for the continent. But it's not just a button that you press, uh, a government gazette that we issue, a parliamentary ratification. Uh, it will, um, Michel, require an enormous amount of work. It's really the work of an entire generation to take this agreement and make it work, a bold, uh, strong, competitive, um, resilient economy, uh, and, and, and offer the kind of products that are needed elsewhere on the continent. Minister, I want to give the example, we, just if I may. Yeah. Uh, we've sold an enormous quantity of hand sanitizers and uh, face masks to the rest of the continent, more than 30 countries uh, elsewhere on the continent, wow. generating um, you know, significantly over a billion rand in the COVID period, just on a new product that no one was even looking at a year ago. And so there's many opportunities to do more of that. Yeah. We have a question from one of our listeners um, on a WhatsApp. I'm going to just go straight through to that. Hi, good morning, Michelle. Can you ask your minister, uh, which products are they going to prioritize, especially when it comes to importation of of these African countries because we have seen uh, things like toothpicks, uh, wooden cooking spoons, plasmids, plastic cups, plastic this, mops, brooms coming from China. Are they going to consider African countries to import them here in South Africa or rather we stick to China? What benefits are we going to get as Africans? Because it doesn't make sense for a a country like this to import toothpicks. Uh, It doesn't doesn't give Oh, 
I'm not quite sure exactly where he was with that. Could have been a church or it could have been a, a railway line. Nevertheless, um, Minister, you heard the question, and I suppose it's a question that repeats, is around what we import from China, but the opportunities for product um, in South, not in South Africa, but on the whole continent. What kinds of products uh, could we expand to? You've talked about agriculture and industrialization. What, wh- where do you think it could go to? So I'll, I'll, I'll give a few examples to illustrate it because uh, we have thousands and thousands of products yeah. that will now be covered by the free trade area. So uh, perhaps just to take a step back and say that uh, our commitment is eventually to get to have 90% of all tariff lines. A tariff line describes a product that is manufactured or grown in a country. Yeah. Eventually we'll have 90% of products line covered. At the moment, we've already reached agreement on 81% of those product lines. And the reason why we've got to 81% is because for each product line, you've got to say, what is the rule of origin? So I used the example of a pen earlier. Um, Now, a pen uh, is a pen is a pen, but uh, is it locally manufactured? Is it made on the African continent? What about the pen that is assembled in China and all you do is you stamp the name of the brand on the pen. Would that be regarded as made in Africa? Obviously not. No. But now the rules have to specify that. It has to say what is the percentage of value addition uh, that needs to be uh, in that pen. Should 60% of the value of the pen have originated on the continent? And um, uh, South Africa is, is seeking to encourage uh, uh, the rest of our trading partners on the African continent, that we need to be bold, we need to be ambitious in, uh, in the percentages that we, we agree to so that we, in fact, uh, produce more uh, of the value of every product locally. If you take um, clothing and textiles, we don't yet have clothing and textiles as part of the products that will be covered by this continental free trade area because we're still seeking to get a rule of origin that makes Mm. sure that the product is not made in China or in Brazil and simply have the label stitched on uh, somewhere on the continent and passed off as a local product. So that's quite complex and detailed negotiation. So coming to the question that the listener asked, what are the kind of products? I would say you could look uh, literally at um, at everything we do uh, every day. It will cover, it, it covers already an enormous quantity of food and beverages. Uh, it covers uh, electrical uh, uh, products and equipment, machinery that's used in heavy industry, uh, furniture. Uh, it covers, uh, of course, uh, very importantly also for all of us, um, pharmaceutical products, medical products that are used. Uh, So uh, just about every part of life is covered. Now, I do emphasize at this stage, it's 81% of our tariff book that is covered by the free trade area. And that will, of course, grow uh, with time. The two big ones that are not yet uh, in the the, um, uh, coverage are clothing and textiles on the one hand and automobiles on the other hand. Uh, but pretty much um, every major category of products that um, South Africa produces, uh, there would be, with, with these 
few exceptions, uh, you'll find them uh, covered in this free trade area. And this year, during 2021, we'll be adding additional products to the agreement. I must say, we do look forward to clothing and certainly uh, motor cars joining that list as well. Minister, uh, there is the UK agreement, and this is obviously a completely fascinating process because Christmas Eve, uh, there was a, could they decide on Brexit and the fishing? And they did with uh, much trauma, apparently. And now we have UK floating on its own. The divorce is final. What does the divorce mean for us and the free trade agreement? So if uh, the divorce uh, between the UK and the European Union uh, initially promised to be very acrimonious, and had there been no agreement between the two, the consequence would have, uh, for South Africa would have been that um, we would have been left potentially uh, without any agreement uh, governing our trade with the United Kingdom. So what we did was, anticipating the possibility of this we entered into talks with the uk and uh, uh, in uh, 2019 already sure. we concluded an agreement uh, saying in the event that uh, the uk leaves uh, uh, the european union with or without an agreement yeah. this is how trade <clears throat> with south africa and a few other neighboring countries would be regulated and so we, 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 we um, got together with uh, Botswana, Namibia, Eswatini, uh, Lesotho, and Mozambique. Yeah. And we entered into a single agreement with the UK. And what that agreement does, it replicates the terms that we had with the European Union. We took those terms, made the necessary adjustment, uh, finessed it a little bit, and concluded that as an agreement with the UK. Yeah. It now means with uh, the UK out of the European Union, we can still get preferential access as South Africa to the UK market. We can still sell our products without tariffs. Uh, a number of our products are tariff-free mm. uh, now. And that gives South African manufacturers, whether it's uh, manufacturers of cars or clothing or beverages or um, uh, machinery, an opportunity to sell uh, to the UK. Of course, the agreement with the European Union continues unchanged, uh, and uh, <clears throat> we took this agreement to Parliament, and Parliament ratified it, and so it's now uh, uh, entered into effect. So, Minister, I suppose in closing, one has to look at uh, the, the kind of, uh, and I use this term, ugh, I'm not sure I'm wild about it, but the soft power of it. I mean, the perception of what it means for the continent uh, with regards to global trade, for a continent that is perceived as developing, well, is developing for a continent that is about emerging markets. This must be massive in terms of what it can say in terms of perception to the rest of the world, that we are open for business. And it comes, uh, Michelle, at um, a particularly significant moment. We've been through uh, the sharpest decline in global GDP since the Great Depression. Yeah. Uh, and um, investors uh, across the world have, have seen uh, a significant disruption in global supply chains and uh, returns uh, in income, with the exception of a few uh, sectors like <clears throat> the tech sector and um, and retail and so on. Yeah. So everybody's looking for 
where are the new opportunities? <clears throat> and exactly. in this period, yeah. uh, um, Africa, the African continent says, we actually not only open for business, we are going to now increase the level of trade among each other. And South Africa says, uh, notwithstanding a um, uh, quite uh, uh, challenging uh, um, uh, disagreement initially and ultimately uh, exit by the UK okay. from the European Union, we as South Africa have free trade access to both the European Union and the United Kingdom. And so we now party to two very significant additional free trade agreements where our manufacturers will have access to other markets. And that can, can only help to bolster the case for more investment in South Africa. Um, in in uh, November, uh, we convened the third investment conference in South Africa. And everybody said, look, you know, is it, is it smart to have an investment conference in the middle of a pandemic? Yeah. And, and yes, it was high risk. There was the possibility that uh, we would open up shop and no one would show up. Uh, in other words, investors would not come with new pledges. Uh, but what we achieved there was uh, was remarkable in difficult circumstances. We had companies stepping up and saying, anticipating the new year, we think we're ready to make fresh commitments. And we, we generated pledges of more than 100 billion rand of additional investment. And that means factories expanding, new shafts being sunk in mines, um, additional agricultural land that is uh, is open for business. I want to give the example of poultry. The poultry industry was in doldrums, and last year it put um, uh, close to a billion rand of fresh investment to gear up for the opportunities that can come in 2021. So, Mr. Unfortunately, so yes. we, have to, we do have to leave it there because we need to go into the news. But uh, we did get an SMS or a WhatsApp from someone saying just to say thank you so much for clarifying in uh, detail and in simple language as well what the free trade agreement and certainly the relationship and agreement with the UK is as well. And we appreciate that enormously. It's well, great chatting to you. It's great to chat to you. Minister Ibrahim Patel, the Department of Trade, Industry and Competition. And really uh, running a bit late on the news, I know, but certainly giving us some insights onto the opportunities with regards to the markets here on the continent, but the markets globally, specifically, we've heard about the EU and the UK, who have divorced now. Nevertheless, it's eight o'clock. It's time for the news. Good morning, Kirit, and sorry we're late.